0: Welcome to the Cinema Draft Podcast, presented by DraftStream, a discussion show about movies, gaming, and the unexpected cultural detours that color our life. Please enjoy your stay and enjoy the show. We're back. It's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, creator of the great cinema draft game draft DraftStream as well. You know him. You love him. You'll never get to play against him anymore. But we see him tonight. It's Nick Ringballs. Ringwald.
1: How's it going, Eduardo?
0: Yes. What's up with you? It's been a minute.
1: It has been a minute. Get back on that work grind. They got me working right through lock every time, so I can't get in and play the game.
0: Yeah, well, you know, and also our bad, you know, I I had thought we'd have a web app up and running for you, but we are, I I, I swear to you, we're getting closer. (laughs) I'm I'm feeling it. Just a few more weeks now. Hang in there with us. You know, the days of copy and pasting are soon going to be behind us. All right, so our Andy Cohen-inspired Watch What Happens Lifestyle drinking game tonight, word will be salute. Salute. (laughs) <laughs> Every time you hear one of us say this word, take a sip of what you're sipping, because tonight's pod will end up covering movies featuring some of the most patriotic movies deserving of one of these. All right, so <laughs> we have a new president, the world's still a viral dumpster fire. As a matter of fact, uh, Clark County, <laughs> my second home, Nevada, and of the infamous Clark County Firewall to help deliver Nevada <laughs> for <foreign laughs> president-elect uh yeah it's uh it's shutting down again you know nice little two-week timeout. so you know everyone wear your masks do all the good stuff but while we may be trending politically in the right direction although epistemically, epistemologically no uh, epidemiolo- epidemiologically in the wrong direction there we go Ooh. we got there there we, we got there thank you i am still desperate for some good news
1: so tell me something good nick uh, not much. I'm, so I'm one of those weird people that have actually lost weight during the pandemic. So yeah, I, now, I decided, I guess yeah, I decided yeah, last December that it was time to start losing weight. So I'm down about 40 pounds since last December. Woo! So yeah, yeah
0: actually, you, know, you, you, you get, you get the, the, the clap on that. Yeah. So what'd you do for that?
1: Uh, well I got a Fitbit, so that's that's been keeping me honest. I got this when I started going back to work. So I guess in the, just in about the last three months, it's down, I'm down about 17 pounds. So just main, I mean, mainly just getting, getting, it, it makes a difference getting 10,000 steps in every day. So, uh so mainly that. And then I've started now I've started working, working out a little bit more going for runs instead of just walks. And I mean, I still eat like crap. So if I ever, if I ever get that turned around, I'll, I'll be in real good shape, but don't until... fall the
0: home, kids, at least not over the age of 35. He's young. He can he still do that, but yeah, actually the, um, in, in my experience, it's mostly been, or, I, or at least been, I've been told it's like 80 or 85% of like, you know, you know what you eat and the rest is like exercise, like shit. And fun, ever since I heard that, I kind of been minding it. I, you know, as it's been documented on this program before, I'm on the Abascal diet, or at least I wasn't up until yesterday, I, I mean, I took like uh, a nice little three-week stretch off for my birthday, my mom's birthday, and that stressful last election. But now, <laughs> no more excuses. I'm back on track. I'm, I've got like a, a calorie counter thing. You know, bye bye sugar, bye bye, you know, meat and stuff and dairy. And you know, yeah. And embrace embrace the browns and the and, and the the grains and the the veggies and stuff. So hmm. yeah, I mean you know so enjoy. I mean you know enjoy your program for now. I mean it's wonderful. You know you can eat what you want. It it definitely changed once you hit forty, man.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah. I I've got to. I hit thirty this year, so I figured I didn't necessarily want to be dying of a heart attack in my thirties. So start working on it
0: soon. Well, the more things change, the the, the the more they stay the same. We still have no segues here. We're going straight into our next segment, and it is what we're watching. And I'm going to start us off with the first thing I'm watching, and that is the season four premiere. And, and actually, let me share my screen. It's a season four premiere of The Good Doctor, and this is that show with the, with the, the young kind of prodigy who has high functioning autism, who's becoming a who who is on route to being a, a surgeon. And I really adored the show. I mean, his character really has grown on me, and and obviously it does do some some stuff for for uh, uh, you know autism awareness and things like that. But I mean, he's just a very interesting character. He's very you know particular. Little fussy, but you have seen the growth in this character over the, over the past, you know, three seasons, and in this fourth, and it's actually been like a two-part four-season opener, which is a bit of a, a premiere, uh, which played over the last two Mondays, and it is focused on our fearful new world of coronavirus, <clears throat> and you know, it's a, it's a hospital show. I've gotten, I've read uh, a feature about how Grey's Anatomy when it comes back is going to have some some COVID episodes, or whatever, but. Thankfully, it's not going to be all COVID all the time. And so I I think part of the issue is that this uh, season opener has been all COVID all the time. They kind of did like this little time lapse. They showed like they're changing attitudes towards the coronavirus from when it first kind of dropped and no one really had enough information about it to bring it up to basically now where we all are, are kind of, you know, COVID tired and just kind of like, you know, tired of all this stuff but i mean it's just it's it's been interesting i i enjoy the show it's uh, to me it's kind of stumbled out the start because you know it feels a tad too soon but i do like how the second episode the season ended and i think it's gonna i think if they just put it keep it as like kind of a low hum kind of like a background process (laughs) you know in uh, on the show i think it's going to do all right this season are you familiar at all with the good doctor
1: yeah, I watched most of the first season, and it was just kind of one of those shows that got lost in the shuffle, and I never made it my way back to it. But I, I enjoyed what I remembered from the first season.
0: Yeah, Sean's got a girlfriend. It's, it's actually that neighbor. I mean, you know that mm-hmm. <clears> tell <throat> they're kind of trying to set them up. You're like, well, she's way too like, like uh, 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 auto normative or whatever. Or what's, what's the? What? she she's too. Um, uh, neurotypical. There we go. She's too. She's way too neurotypical for him, and she's very free, and she's very kind of messy, and you know, he's you know very fussy, and you know. And yeah. So you thought that there's no way that ever happened. They kind of made like this big event out of getting them together, which it makes sense. I personally, as a writer, was kind of like, oh, i want to keep them apart. <laughs> You know, I don't. I don't think it's gonna be like the moonlight moonlighting effect. Are you familiar with the moonlighting effect?
1: Uh, I don't think
0: so. Yeah, that definitely is before your time, but it's kind of like this thing they reference, uh especially in writers' rooms. Because Moonlighting, and imagine actually, yeah, let me show you this. Imagine this. There was a show called Moonlighting that starred uh I'll, I'll guess. Well, you probably only know old Sybil Shepherd, but Sybil Shepherd back in her day. Yeah, there she goes. Hot as a rock, as a heat rock. Uh Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis in their young primes. Just, I mean, and they had, like, their, their uh, partner detectives or something. And they kept getting, you know, case of the week type thing. But they, it was very flirty, you know, banter energy. And then and so they did a lot of work keeping them apart, right? And then the hmm. second they got together, I think in the third season, shit went downhill. So there's almost, I think there's, like, a writing term called the moonlighting effect. Like, you don't want your two, you know, will they or won't they lead to get together. Because otherwise, it goes down. Yeah, like, Bruce Willis, full head of hair, you know? <laughs>
1: No, yeah, I I am, you know, I am familiar with that phrase now that you've explained. Yeah, I, I get, I get, I know what you're saying now.
0: Some walk by day. There's a, like, really famous uh, opening song. Yeah, you should listen to the theme sometime, moonlighting theme. Anyways, yeah, so the moonlighting, so I'm not even worried about the moonlighting effect per se, but uh, I just, I mean, and it's interesting how they're playing the relationship, especially how they had to keep them apart because he's an essential, you know, he's a mm. doctor, an essential worker, and she's just, you know. Being all messy, uh, <laughs> messy Leo. Uh, so, and so, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you know, it's, it's a network show. You don't necessarily, it's not like a need to see, it's not like the Queen's Gambit or anything, but you know, it's, it's fun.
1: That's, um,
0: that's one I think I'm going to start watching. Yeah. I've yeah, heard,
1: no, sure. I've heard nothing but good things from everybody. So, I, I think I need to just jump in and watch it.
0: Yeah. And if you like redheads like I do, it's great. It's, it's great. <laughs> Uh, anyways, <laughs> total aside. And then the other show I'm watching, or, or actually a title from our draft stream game that I watched a movie called the informer video on demand, Joel Kinnaman uh, oddly people are, he's a divisive figure. There are people who, like really can't stand him. Think he can't act. I was like, seriously, like I think it's pretty good. Uh, I remember him from you know the house of cards season where he played uh, uh, Kevin Spacey's political opponent. Uh, he I mean, you see him everywhere. He was in that, that pretty, it was not awful but it was not great that uh show on Netflix the future show with the body with with the with the body flipping or whatever body skinning um i forget what it's called anyways he's a he's a star of this he plays this this uh polish dude who's uh who's in jail gets kind of released early because he's snitching on a polish drug trafficking gang. And then, and then, right when he's about to, like, I guess, pay off his whole debt to the FBI, they burn him. And so now he's kind of trapped Mm -hmm. in his gang, and it's like fucked up. And he's got like kid. He's got like a kid. He's got got Ana de Armas. Anna de Armas. There you go. Uh, uh, That's enough for me to watch it. (laughs) She's so hot. Sad. Yes, she is. I would say sad. I mean, this this is actually the first film I've seen of like and, and she's had a busy year man she was in the wasp network she was in that that show with the with the Ty Sheridan the hotel she was she's in like five films this year and this is the only one she the 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 one with um uh I was going to say Pablo <laughs> Pablo Escobar Wagner Mora. <laughs> uh he was playing like a UN diplomat uh, she played his girlfriend in that this is the only this is the, the only film in it where she does not get naked. so ah, well, pick, I'll take that off the table <laughs> of your just to just so you know, <laughs> I my
1: my uh, old roommate sent me a Snapchat. I guess because he sent me a, a photo of Ana de Armas, blonde. So I'm guessing he was watching The Informer today.
0: Yes, he was. Yeah, those those. Weird, I mean, I don't, that has to be a wig. That looks just. I mean, that's way too cross. It's got to be a wig. But uh, but no, she's fine. I mean, she she's fine in it. Uh, and but it really is all about Kinnaman, uh, Rosamund Pike, and I love Rosamund Pike. And she's, I mean, she really is like kind of. Underrated, if you ask me. And then Clive Owen was just born to be a dick. That guy, <laughs> no, sir, he's just like the ultimate. When he pl- when he really plays into just how naturally smarmy his face can look, man, he's good. So he's good in this too. And then Common, Common plays like this uh, New York hmm. City cop who's trying to f- who's trying to figure out why one of his undercovers uh, got murdered, tr- investigating the drug gang kind of throws himself in the mix. So it's very and there's a whole like prison sequence in it, so you know it's it's interesting. I enjoyed it and um, too, so yeah
1: that sounds like something i'll need to check out
0: yeah a very brisk hour and 53 minutes so that's what i'm watching what are you watching today? so i've been
1: i've been trying to keep up with stuff as much as i can so i guess i watched so the, i watched the trial of the chicago 7 when that came out
0: okay um and uh i, I liked it but i sorkin's done better hasn't he yeah that's
1: i guess that's the best way to say it like i enjoyed it like sasha barrett cohen i really liked his performance um i i for the most part like eddie redmayne but it felt like he it just it felt like he was underutilized for his role i know thomas hayden
0: well there's seven of them (laughs) well yeah
1: that that and that's the thing
0: too and uh I think Sasha was great though. I mean, oh yeah,
1: good. well yeah. him and him and Ruben, Jerry Ruben, <laughs> or uh, what's his name? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah Drew? Strong, Jeremy Strong, Jeremy Strong. Yeah, they, those two, those two stole the movie for me. And uh, oh, um, oh God, the the Bobby, the Seale. Bobby, Bobby Seale. Seale, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Abdul Mateen, yeah, yeah.
1: Those those three, uh, those three, and um, oh, uh, lance. lance I liked Rylance a lot too in it. Mark Rylance, yeah.
0: And was, wasn't Riley Keough in this too? Wasn't she like the. Uh, mm, the, like the. Yeah, wasn't she? Yeah, I
1: think she was. Yeah. Secretary.
0: yeah. Riley, was it Riley Keough? Or, right. you know, it was probably someone who looked like Riley Keough. That's. Cool. But yeah, because uh, I see her in a lot of stuff too. Like she just pops up where you least expect her and she's always great. Uh, oh, no, uh, okay, no, I'm sorry. That wasn't her. Alice Kremlberg, but now I see why I thought it was Riley Keough because she's kind of got. A quick glance, you might think she, it was her. Anyways, uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, seven people, kind of hard to share the ball. But you thought that those guys. Uh, uh, I, made... Yeah, I, I, I mean,
1: I, I didn't, I, I enjoyed it, and I watched it, and I, I really liked it. But looking back on it now, like, like you said, Sork, Sorkin's done better work. Um, and then, and then I watched the the witches remake, and uh, I just that that wasn't for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, well, it's got Anne Hathaway, right? We love Anne Hathaway
1: here, don't we? Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I do like Anne Hathaway, but I love the original. And uh, is Angelica Houston, right? She was yeah. there. Orid- she, le- leg- I think I put it in the, the group me chat, like she legitimately terrified. Now, granted, I was also like six or seven years old when I watched it and it terrified me. But this one, I, I just, I wasn't buying Anne Hathaway in that role. It didn't, it just, it didn't seem to suit her. The only, the only com- or thing that I liked about it more is uh, the the kid. I, I liked the kid a lot better in the remake. The, the first one, he, the guy was just kind of like a whiny little bitch the whole time. Just <laughs> cr- crying for grandma and everything like that. So I, I enjoyed the, the kid much more. I don't remember what his name was.
0: Okay. I never saw The Witches, honestly. But um, I am vaguely aware it was a thing. Roald doll, oh, yeah. yeah, like I, and and like you know, doll. Especially when I was growing up, like his book's were really popular. Where the uh, where, where where the wild where the wild things where the wild, wild, things, things, are, are, where the wild yeah. things are, girl. Yeah, or, are, yeah. yeah. That, that was like a. I remember that being a fairly big book when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> which is in all these different languages. Cool. El Bruja. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs>
1: yeah. But and then and then uh, a couple of the shows. Uh, that I've been watching for years with uh Superstore and the Goldbergs both came back with their new seasons so I've been watching uh them as the seasons come along and that I mean it's nothing special but it, like the, I I enjoy
0: the Goldbergs for uh I think for- I watched the first couple seasons of the Goldbergs like it was fun I mostly out of solidarity my old um my, my old uh castmate uh Seth, uh Seth Gordon he executive produced this uh, as well, and he's also an executive producer on The Good Doctor too. Like he had a nice run a few years ago, where he was just like he was like the go-to director for pilots, <laughs> and so he's still getting a check off the Goldbergs. <laughs> okay, there you go, yo, money, Seth. <laughs> he's working getting <laughs> a check off the Goldbergs and The Good Doctor. So yeah, it's uh, so, so it's it, it's fine. Like it's that had nothing against it. I, I kind of enjoyed it, but then you know, like like with you and and The Good Doctor, it's kind of got lost in the shuffle.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's one of those shows that like if you're not watching it, you're not, you're not really missing out, but I I've, I've been watching. Well, I guess, I guess my dad originally told me about it. So I guess I've been watching since season three. So I think they're on season eight now or so something like that. So they must be in the nineties now, huh? Uh, there's, there's still, they still talk about being in the eighties. I know the Adam character, the, the main one, I think he's, I think he's a senior in high school now. So I'm, I'm guessing they're getting pretty close to wrapping. Oh, this 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 has to be the nineties
0: because this is real big (laughs) by the bell, Zach Morris energy right here. Right here. Oh, that's funny. All right. Well (laughs) good Lord. Uh, (laughs) All right. So the goal, that's cool. That that's good. All right. So we are going to move on to our main topic this week, and it is our top five patriotic movies. And for those of you who are new to the show, this is how it works. One of us names a movie that strikes you as particularly patriotic, specifically about the good old U.S. of A. All right. <laughs> I mean, you know, take your take your your Indian nationalist ones off the board. You know, we're not going to New Delhi today. Uh, and we alternate picks. Once someone picks a movie, the movie is out of play. And as always, our guests go first. I have nothing written down, so I might be doing this off the top of my dome. So as you go ahead, I will be silently researching Have at it.
1: (laughs) So I guess I'm going to need an official ruling on this one since it's, I guess not off the board, Nick. (laughs) What? (laughs) So are we, are
0: we going to count Hamilton as a movie? Ooh, you know what? Since we are all stuck inside and it was streamed as a movie event. Excellent. Oh man. That's an excellent top pick. I, I can't even hate on it. Yes. That counts. All right. So then I'm going to start off with Hamilton. Well played. Let me share my screen. So now, this is- now of course, like you said that like five different songs are playing in my head. <laughs> <laughs> no, I,
1: I, if I, I'm trying to think of the last day where I either haven't watched part of it on Disney plus or listened to the soundtrack. This, I think this is single-handedly getting me through quarantine and everything since what it came out first week of July. So, the or yeah, yeah, it was right around yeah Fourth of July weekend. So these last this five months, my life has just been consumed by Hamilton. Uh, it it tells the story of the American Revolution and everything that leads up to it. The songs are fantastic. I I mean, I know you've talked about Hamilton many time or several times on the podcast since it's been out. So I, I don't think I'm contributing anything new to the conversation, but I just. Well, what's your favorite song? So it's, it's either between Satisfied or Wait For It. But that whole stretch from where they do, they got Helpless, Satisfied, Wait For That's just my favorite 20 minutes of the, the, whole, of the whole play. Uh, or the my, my musical
0: 20 minutes of the year i've spent i mean i, I mean i watched it you know like most people on, on through the disney plus thing for the first time i was intensely curious but um, you know and, and i am a theater kid at heart you know, i grew up in the theater mom had been taking me to the seattle children's theater since, since i was in fifth grade and just to see just like you know and, you know the marriage of song and performance and that 20 minute stretch was just like every song was a banger and, and yeah. you're like at, at the end of it, you're like, and I think it ends act one or whatever, you're like, I want Yeah. Everything, <laughs> everything I want the I want the soundtrack. I want to know all about these people's lives. I I was all in. All yeah, in. I
1: I I watched it and I just immediately bought the soundtrack. I'm like, I'm I'm gonna need this. So I uh, I've got the soundtrack when whenever I'm not listening to one of my sports podcasts, it's just it's the Hamilton soundtrack when I go for my runs. You got they're they're fast paced enough that it get gets you in the mood to keep running. So I
0: just every everything there's I just love this. <laughs> it, it's, it's so perfect and and how far it's kind of wormed its way into like the pop culture lexicon or just even like everyday like thoughts is that that my uh, my boy and I we play when we play, um, uh, when we play uh, PS4 and you know usually NBA uh, 2K or or, or man, or something like that we're talking shit there's there was a, a weekend i think about a month after uh uh hamilton dropped words we texting each other just like shit talking in hamilton to the groom, to the groom! <laughs> after he scored a touchdown on me to the bride to the bride i respond after i scored a touchdown on <laughs> it, was, it was great it was my great. uh my brother got married uh at the end
1: of september and his is now wife she's a huge hamilton fan and i told her I told her I made, I was going to make the joke for my speech. I was going to try to work in as many Hamilton song titles as possible. I ended up not doing it. Mainly, oh, come on! Uh, I, 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 you, you're
0: supposed like to to the groove and been in, within your rights. I, uh, <laughs>
1: uh, I was not very sober when I gave my speech. I was told I did a great job. I don't remember much of what I said. I know my dad recorded it. I haven't gone back and watched it, but... Uh, it was uh, – the the wedding was a good time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's great. That's fun. All right, that's a great start. Um, and even though this one – I mean and, – and you tell me you just turned 30 this year. I mean, it makes me instantly think. <laughs> You're a baby and I'm a fossil. but uh, And you may not, I probably could even wait on this one, but I'm just going to go ahead and take it off the board now in case it popped up at the top of top patriotic movies Google search you might have done. I'm doing Armageddon. I uh. didn't realize. Ah, yeah, we have our first snaking of the Cinema Draft <laughs> podcast. Of our, of our Cinema Draft, we have our first snaking. Yes, this, this
1: movie is just. It's a beautiful mess, I, I think it' was the best way to describe it.
0: Now you have to understand, in 1998 when it came out, I was, and this is a summer it, this, this is a yeah, summer I was in Chicago, uh, after grad school, whatever. we saw the big theater, you know, uh, off Michigan Avenue, downtown, and you know, big theater. people packed it in. It was midnight showing. It just started doing midnight showings of stuff. It was like Fourth of July weekend. I mean, it was lined up for you to be like saluting the up oh, there we go the flag at the end it was really <laughs> it was really something to see and i i mean i'll i Al, brook no slander against armageddon to me it's not a perfect movie it's very i mean it took the the rewatchables podcast yeah uh, with uh, with bill simmons and and what was it was it shea serrano and some other I people th- i think it was bill shea and finessey Fantasy, yeah, to to kind of reveal to me just how wildly jingoistic this movie was in ninety eight, especially like you know we're not social media, we're not you know overly exposed to uh, to everyone's ideas all the time, and 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 we were actually in the theater laughing when he's there when he's like hitting golf balls at green <laughs> Stop the drilling! Stop the drilling! And it's very and and it wasn't until I heard that podcast that I realized this might be most probably the most conservative. Uh, I think Fantasy called it I, the Republicans' wet dream. There you go. And because it was so well weaved into this. I mean, I, I mean, seeing it through your eyes now, I mean, through millennial eyes, you're like, what is this right-wing nonsense? The fact that it just felt like a fun ride. It's Look, it still is a fun ride, honestly. And I, and as we evaluate, you know, movies in the Cinema Draft podcast, you know, of, of various times and eras, you know, we are very careful to to be cognizant of the fact that they are products of their era. I mean, that's just, yeah. You know, there are things that may not age well, but there are always products in their era. But especially for the, for this era, this thing was the preeminent action film. It had great special effects that fairly hold up today. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, what you.
1: I. I mean, I rewatched this probably the day after I listened to the rewatchables pod,
0: and like it. It still. It still holds up. Like, I mean, it's. Original. Well, the writing's good. I mean, this is J.J. Abrams, and it reminds you that J.J. When you know properly motivated, is a good writer. J.J. wrote that Mission Impossible three, which, which did great at the box office, and I really enjoyed. He, I mean, he's like solid writer. He's just off directing a lot of shit, you yeah, or big budget stuff too often. So, so this this is a J.J. Abrams script, and it's just it's a it's a ride. The music was great. It got me turned on to Trevor Rabin. This is my first exposure to his work, and he's just gone on scored every damn thing. Uh, so I and I mean it. Yeah, yes, through two thousand twenty eyes, uh, twenty twenty eyes, it's problematic, but it's still a ride. <laughs> I enjoyed it.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I yeah, yeah. It's like you said. I, I if, cried you, if, in the air, if you, I did. Oh yeah, it it got yeah, it got an entire theater full of uh, males who were jacked up with everything to sit there and tear up at the end when. Bruce Willis goes and saves the world. I, I mean, like you said, if you as long as you look at the movie through the scope of the time period and just see what it is, like I I still enjoy this movie. I take I don't look at the politics of it. It's just it's just a fun two hours. This
0: yeah, it really is. All right. So what so what's your next film? And I have a feeling you're gonna get one of mine pretty soon. That's why I've got backups. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Miracle. Uh, I that wasn't the one I thought you're gonna get, but damn it, well played, sir. Well played. That was so, on my list
1: as a as a hockey as a hockey player. Uh, this oh, uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, th- this was going to be my number one pick if Hamilton wasn't going to be allowed. Uh, man, I, <laughs> again, again, <yeah>. again. <laughs> the, uh, I I went and I went and saw this. The, my parents usually or my mom usually doesn't see a lot of movies, but we we went as a family to see this. And my mom, who normally get, has a hard enough time paying attention during a movie, was on the edge of her seat. And when they scored that ga- goal against the Russian, she got up and started clapping in the theater. I'm like, it's a it's a movie. It didn't actually happen. <laughs> or Well, it did happen. No, but it did it's- happen <laughs> and you knew it,
0: and you already knew it happened. But yeah, it was so good. They got her on her feet clapping. Yeah.
1: But no, like uh, Kurt Russell just just absolutely nails this part. The the hockey scenes they use they they're using real hockey players okay. on it. Uh so the scenes are actually look well. Uh one of the one of the players that they had playing it, uh his uh Ryan Suter, he plays for the Minnesota Wild. He, oh, okay. uh, he
0: uh
1: he actually got to play his dad in the movie.
0: Oh, that's Hey, that's great.
1: But no, I it's just
0: I mean you you've got the conflict. By the way, of- all those kids like I didn't have one of these, but like <laughs> my best friend had one and we would always go at it. We loved that stuff. Yeah. This
1: the that uh, that hockey game single-handedly led to probably more fights in my uh in my childhood than almost <laughs> anything else. Beach weather cuz I know my brother and I had one and we'd argue all the time. They had the bubble hockey at the rink and we'd always play before practice on the teams. It but nice. that that probably led to more arguments than anything I've ever been in in my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, excellent choice. I love Miracle. I I did not see it coming. Like I did see it in the theater and was 2004 living in LA. I was you know writing movie reviews on the side and stuff. And I just remember, I mean, like I knew what it was about, obviously, but I didn't think that Disney had it in it to do like it was essentially like a PG, you know, kind of. You know, fairly jingoistic, you know, uh, uh, retelling of a, of a real event that we all know how, how it happens. I mean, you know, that Al Michaels call is, you know, probably lulled. iconic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just shocked, just shocked at how well it was done. And how they treat us—I mean, it somehow—it was—it was still PG, but it treated them like 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 adults. And you got the whole commitment. There's, there's—I mean, you could feel the competition between the players and and the, and and the whole like the whole whistle again thing. It was very tense. And the music, oh my god, the oh, music yeah, was ridiculous. Who who did the music on this? Because I was very impressed. And I and I went. I remember getting the the DVD the second it came out. Like, and I watched it. I, but when I had DVDs, I've been like all digital since 2008. <laughs> I just I just moved too much, but but uh, man, when I had I remember having the DVD and just being just loving that movie, that movie would just get you pumped up for stuff, it really would. Man, who did that music? I have to find I just remember the music was just like, I mean, that's a that's a key thing about a sports movie, too, is that everyone knows the general beats of a sports movie, so th- the ways you can differentiate yourself are through music, are through you know the casting, are through you know the cinematography, you know, the way you do certain angles, the way you make things exciting or not, which is why. And I think you'll enjoy the Queen's Gambit because it's basically making chess into a sport. Or, or as like we, we like to call it, you know, poker, a mind sport. They really do lean into the mind sport aspects of chess. And, and the music in there is, is critical. I actually went out and got the, um, or I downloaded from Apple Music the, the uh, soundtrack, the Queen's Gambit. It's that good. <laughs> and I went and the, the, the day I finished it, I went out on, a, on my little hour walk and listened to the entire thing all the way through. Just pure, <laughs> instrumental, just powering through, living my best life. But yeah, oh, Mark Isham, yeah, the, the the god, the goat. I mean, one of one of the I mean, well, actually let, let me slow down. The goat of course is Hans Zimmer. <laughs> May he always be honored in these in these halls. Mark Isham's been doing this for years and doing it well. So yeah, I so respect to Mark Isham. What, else you, what I don't think he's done anything very exciting recently, but over the over the course of his, yeah, oh, he did Blood and Oil. Okay. That's interesting. That was a short lived TV show with uh, Chase Crawford on. Mobs, uh, you, you don't see that. Warrior, okay.
1: Oh, I love that movie.
0: He did that Crash series, which I refused to watch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bad Lieutenant, <laughs> Bad Lieutenant. Yeah, so, uh, anyways, yeah, so Mark Isham, very, you know, he's been doing it for like, 40, 50 years. Later. Varsity Blues, yeah. So, uh, so the people was very good at that and I, I support that choice. Excellent choice.
1: So he knows how to, he knows how to score a, uh,
0: or compose a sports movie. He does. He really does. And all right, so since you stake one of mine, I'm definitely staking one of yours. This, this is the most obvious thing ever. Actually, or not, if you're an old like me, maybe it, it fell out of your your top five, but I'm taking top Gun. It's just yeah. super duper obvious. <laughs> I mean, I I hope or assume you actually. Oh, yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyways, well, it's funny because when I lived in Chicago, um, that one year and some change, they started doing, they had like this uh, theater. Uh, in, like, an IMAX theater in, like, some sort of like dome thing uh, at Navy Pier. I remember going to, uh, to. I think I remember taking a date to go see that on uh, IMAX and, like, you know, big curved screen. You know, you feel like you're in the plane and stuff. And, yeah, I mean, this thing single handedly led to, and I saw this in the theater when I was like nine or something. You know, thanks, Mom. Appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, a little uncomfortable some scenes, but you know whatever you know you power through your nine and and this thing I was told led to like some like four digit increase percentage percentage wise in Navy recruitment. This thing yeah. it, this thing was sponsored co sponsored by the U.S. government. It's, it's wild. It's one long uh, recruitment film with incredible performances. Peak. Well, I was, um, actually Tom Cruise had several peaks, so this is this is probably uh, peak one uh tom cruise just killing it Yeah, you know, and and the best part about is that of all the things we've seen from top gun maverick which may or may not be released on a screen to us sometime i think this this the coronavirus vaccine news right now might have some of these studios holding on hope for next summer i mean maybe i don't know sounds a little ambitious uh but this thing is just a ride i love top gun well what do you what are
1: your thoughts on top gun yeah, this. Well, I mean, even if, this is a movie that even if you haven't seen it, you can't. You you at least know something about it, whether it's a quote yes. or the "Take My Breath Away" song by Berlin. It's. I mean, it's or the. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, everyone knows I've got the need, the need for speed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh that, man, have seeing these pictures makes me want to go watch it again. Oh, I love this movie. Uh, and Andrew. The
1: Tuck Nasty is very, very upset. He has to wait, keep waiting for Top Gun Maverick. He was, he was ready to be first in line to go see it before all the theaters shut down. So he, he watches this movie probably every couple months. So I, Mm. it's almost always on the TV at the
0: house. It's good stuff, man. I mean, the motorcycle stuff, I think this is the movie that got Cruz kicked off on his whole lifelong motorcycle obsession. it's just uh, it's, it's really good. So Kelly McGillis. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to understand now, but she was so hot in 1986. She came out with um, or it, it like the mid 80s. She had she had that movie Witness with Harrison Ford where she played Amish hot. She was in this. She was in. I mean, she had like a really good stretch where you're like, oh, OK, Kelly McGillis. Like, I buy that. I, you know, look, this is actually a really good picture. She still I was going to
1: say this. This picture looks good. Some of the other ones I've seen, she hadn't aged the most gracefully. But this, her IMD photo, she looks. She's very attractive for yeah. and, someone and, see, who's, you know. and I didn't
0: recognize her. I guess she was she's uncredited in Dirty John, so I didn't recognize her in that that TV show. Um, well, I mean, I'm glad that she's still acting because I think she disappeared for a while. So, uh, but yeah, in the in the early eight in the early mid '80s, she was she was blazing high at Witness. Uh, that's interesting. Witness, I did not see. That was a TV movie, Top Gun, Made in Heaven. I think made a, a small splash. The Accused. I think she played the lawyer, right? Uh, and so yeah, so she had a nice little run in the '80s, and then I mean, just kind of disappeared. I don't think. I wonder if it might have been like the whole Hollywood aging out thing, which is just. I mean, it was really bad in the '80s and '90s. Like they were cutthroat with you know. I mean, they're still. Trust me, they're still yeah. bad. The women. <laughs> in entertainment, but I mean, it was a lot worse back in the eighties and nineties. But yeah, I, I it was. It's man, now I want to see this movie again. Damn it, that's my movie. <laughs> What's your next movie? Uh, I'm gonna go with Hidden Figures. Interesting. Okay, all right, go ahead. Uh, I mean, anything with NASA by default is usually pretty, you know, uh, patriotic. But yeah, give me your give me your rationale on that. That this is this is interesting. I did not see that one coming.
1: So. <sighs> This was one of my favorite movies of the year. I think the th- the, the three main girls with, was it Taraji, uh, Spencer, and uh, Monet. Yep. Yeah. Just, uh, I, well, and then Kevin, was it it's, it's Costner, right? Yeah. Ke- Costner. Kev- yeah. Kevin Costner just gr- is the grump, just he knows how to be the grumpy old man uh, and play that part perfectly. But the, the girls, the because st- I was unfamiliar, I was unfamiliar with the story and how in- vital all of them were for helping us get to the moon. So it was just, I I like watching movies that have historical relevance, or sp- that stuff they don't even cover in schools, or that, or or they go into detail enough about it. So the story is very fascinating. The movie's very well done. Uh, this was twenty sixteen, right?
0: yes yeah like christmas time 2016
1: yeah so this this was just one of one of my favorite movies of the year so and i wish it would have got some more love when the oscars came around but i yeah this is just nice seeing the story and it's sadly it's still issues we're dealing with today with race and not everyone not being treated fairly so and uh i it's
0: just I really, just really like this movie. <laughs> I can, could, I could hear it in your voice. It's so adorable. You're like, I, I can see, I can see you just beaming on it, and yeah, it's, it's a great story. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I think I saw it twice uh, in theater. Um, and I, you know, I, I'm a huge Janelle Monae fan, uh, much like our, our uh, most frequent podcast guest. Uh, our boy Jay Devlin, <laughs> he's a huge Nominee fan. Uh, yeah, it's just I mean, I, I like good period piece. That's also uh, canon when it comes to me. I like good period piece, and uh, just the sisterhood of all of it all, and getting and hearing an inside story, something you knew generally little about. Like I'd heard of Catherine Johnson. Most black people have heard of Catherine Johnson. Low key, um, she's kind of like the she's kind of like the the female version of like a Ben Carson. Ugh. Now, I mean, I mean, as far as like you know, you hear about yeah. in school, or whatever. <clears throat> but seeing the story on screen long overdue yeah richly deserved i enjoyed it all right so
1: uh... janelle had uh, monet janelle monet had a good year that too because uh,
0: moonlight was that same year too wasn't it it was yeah she and and now i think i think people are afraid like she's not going to sing anymore because <laughs> she's always acting now she's in the uh, season of homecoming which i kind of gave up on midway through the second season uh, and she's also in. She's in some. Oh, she was in *Antebellum*, which is interesting. It's not what you think it is. That that. I, uh, never, it, uh, yeah, I, I, I missed. I didn't. I didn't get around to seeing that. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, I think it. I think it was video on demand, so I, it's understandable. Uh, not everyone can pay for that stuff or find their ways around it, riding the high seas, oh. <laughs> but uh, it was, it was an interesting watch. I mean, you're about to give up on it, it's, it requires a lot of what I like to call my black misery credits, uh, at <laughs> least the first hour. And you're about to give up on it. Then it makes a very sharp turn. The, the twist is revealed and you're like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, okay. And then you, then that, that tough first hour kind of is worth it and you're definitely strapped in for like the last 45 minutes. Yeah, she was, she was great in Annabelle, I think, and she's, she's an actor now. I mean, she's yeah, uh, it, uh, it's it kind of reminds me of, of that one song Common had like, god, maybe like 10 12 years ago, where he's where we at the height of his like rap fame, and he's like, Yeah, baby, uh, um, um, don't call me a rapper, I got my sad card, I'm an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought back then, like, you're being only ambitious Common, you were just you were only in just right with Queen Latifah or whatever. <laughs> He's in The Informer. He's good in The Informer. I've seen him in like indie movies with uh with uh, uh Mary uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. You know he's like an actor actor now. I, I, he actually did drop an album recently, but yeah, he's just he's he's an actor more than a rapper now. So no, so I'm, people are afraid she may not sing as much anymore. But she's she's legit. I like her. I like her a lot. Yeah. All right. So that's about that. I'll do my next pick. Uh, and this one also is fairly obvious. I'm gonna take it off the board. Rocky four. I mean. Yep it's just ridiculous how, I mean, he's literally wrapped in the flag in the one sheet. <laughs> <laughs> Hi to the cold war. Something you thank, you know, mercifully, you never had to understand. It, even at the time it was like, you know, nine or 10. i just thought this, that that shit was stupid. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, no, seriously. I mean, yeah. And, these, I mean, it wasn't nearly as bad as, like, you know, when my mom was growing up where they have to do the whole uh, under-the-desk drills and stuff, and, you know, they'd have, like, nuclear, you know, bomb drills and stuff in school. That had to be scary as a kid, I'm sure. But in the, by the 80s, even, you know, even eight or nine, we must thought, thought it was malarkey. It was kind of bullshit. Uh, I, and, and, no, I mean, you know, even as a kid, like, I mean, I, was, I wasn't a Reagan fan or anything, and I just thought, like, the way they kept hyping up the Soviet Union was just it's a little much. But I really enjoyed Rocky four. Uh, I remember seeing it in the theater. I vaguely remember seeing it the theater, uh, and it was. And I liked it most not so much because it's very it's overly patriotic or does the Cold War thing head on, but just like the training montage, him running up the mountain in the snow and and trying to get his his mojo back and and the the struggle to to beat a guy who's like you know damn near killing people in the ring and stuff. Drago, I will break you. I mean that <laughs> also a few good lines too. So it's I think it's probably. Well, I mean, there's some there, there's some satisfaction to be had out of Rocky two, Rocky three, low, low key racist. Even when I saw it, I'm like, eh, I'm not feeling it. But Rocky four might be the best of that early cycle of series. What, what are your thoughts on Rocky four, or have you seen Rocky four? So I've I've seen
1: I've probably seen the whole movie, but I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched it from
0: beginning to end. Uh, <laughs> That's
1: nice
0: jeez Dolph lundgren still ripped still yeah that guy, and, and and is like a mensa member like he's like yeah
1: somebody, he's, he's, like, he's yeah he's like a genius and <laughs> he usually plays big dumb animals in movies for the most part <laughs> or at least the ones i've seen him in look at these scenes he's just that,
0: it's just wild right yeah <laughs> wow great hair that's great uh Autobot not, or, or Decepticon, you know, robotic uh, <laughs> Cold War Russian stereotypical hair. That's just perfect right there. It's perfect. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is a fun movie. This is a fun movie. And, and I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's not like a must watch per se, but if you get, you know, spare two hours sometime, time, yeah, sit down, watch all the way through. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Very patriotic. Yeah. Look at the trunks. Look at the trunks.
1: Yeah.
0: Hmm. On loan from Apollo Creed. R.I.P. <laughs>
1: Man, these guys are—they're just just so jacked. I wouldn't yeah. want to get hit by either one of them.
0: Yeah, and and, uh, and also, um, uh, Stallone was very open about how he took steroids for for these films. I mean, you know, he, hell, he's not going to go play in the NFL or anything. You know, why yeah. not yeah. or and for your to to look jacked on screen if that's what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh- all these pictures, like all like training, yeah. That's what. That's well, kind of, the, uh, I like, I think they I
1: think they did a rewatchables on this. I think they said thirty three percent of the movie is a montage. You know, point. I
0: downloaded that one. I haven't I haven't uh, listened to it yet because I thought I might indulge myself in rewatching it before watching before listening to the podcast. So yeah, they they did. I think it was like last week or something. But yeah. yeah, it's in my, it's in my queue. <laughs>
1: they, yeah, but they 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 t- I think Kevin Clark timed it. And it said 30, 33% of the movie is a montage. Oh, that's awesome.
0: All right, what's your next film, Nick?
1: Uh,
0: I'm going to go with National Treasure. Interesting. You know what? I That does fit the bill. It, it feels more kind of like educational to an extent, but you're right. It's patriotic. It's you're, They're respecting our nation's history. Tell us why you put that in your list. So this
1: movie was very surprising like i saw the preview for it i didn't really have any interest in seeing it and i was i was over at my dad's and he was like oh he's like i've i've heard good things about this do you want to watch it and i at the i the time i couldn't drive so uh <laughs> he and we were i was there for the weekend i'm like well i i guess and uh no like nick nick this is Nicolas cage feels like he's playing nicholas cage in this movie (laughs) and then uh just justin bertha pre hangover um bartha bartha Bartha. yeah sorry um oh what's her name she she's great yeah uh 15 year old nick was uh, a big 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 fan of her i see it
0: i can totally see it
1: (laughs) and then uh just but yeah like it it taught you a lot about American history. I mean, I know some of, I'm not, I know there's not a map on the back of the declaration of independence (laughs) and all of that, but like, you got to, you got to see the, you got to see some of the things that like our founding fathers set up and hear some stories that you didn't know and all that. It it was very informative. And then the storyline is good enough. And, just you get to see all like the historical sites around the United States that me as a 15 year old at the time, like I'd never been to Philadelphia, I'd never been to Washington, D.C. So to kind of see up close and personal these things on the big screen uh, in an action movie and everything, I it was a uh, it was a nice little experience. I went in with very low expectations seeing this movie and I what, was delightfully surprised.
0: Yeah, and I had low expectations too. I, uh, you know, you know, mid two thousands, I'm seeing everything. You know, writing my little reviews, whatever. The real deal reviews, the Z from the street, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, I, and I was, I was gonna see it like, you know, opening day or whatever because that's how I got down uh buy one ticket see three movies (laughs) but I was pleasantly surprised wildly surprised how exciting it was and and how how fun it was and and I'm I mean I like history you know I'm not like a huge Ken Burns nerd or anything but I, I I like you know history in general and there was a stretch in the aughts where they were really trying to find like uh like the new millennium Indiana Jones they tried Sahara with Matthew McConaughey they tried um uh well you know, Prince Purge is not even like the right uh, vehicle right I- example they, but they, they tried like this this national treasure thing really is kind of what kind of helped spark that that second uh, era of them trying to do something fun with history or or historical artifacts because I mean because I mean think about the little mini miracle Indiana Jones was even back in, in 1980 I mean who may I mean who thought archaeology could be right. You know, exciting, right and and they and I, I mean, I can't remember exactly. And you know, they've, they've tried doing some form of it, but with almost every generation, I think your generation's take on it's going to be this uncharted series, right? Like this guy, goes yeah, facts, yeah. And I don't know much about it because I didn't play the game or anything, but I know just enough to to uh, and to have watched that little uh, short that Nathan Fillion did, you know, self auditioning for the role. <laughs> and didn't get it? Oh my god, it's just, it's it's crazy. But anyways, uh, I, I mean, so I really enjoyed the fact you're able to make history cool and adventurous, and I just, you know, I mean, it was it was fun. I, I think I saw the second one. I believe it was less successful than the first. And there is loud talk that there's a National Treasure three.
1: Oh yeah, they, they've they've been talking about that for it seems like twenty for years. ten, ten, yeah, ten <laughs> years or so, or whatever. Also, Sean Bean gets to make it through an
0: entire movie without dying. So <laughs> yeah. Sean Bean. Hey, yeah, he's been doing it for he's he's been living his best life for years now. Big ups to Sean Bean. Usually, especially in the, in the odds in in the nineties, he was usually like your you always play like some foreign scumbag. He was always yeah. back for a while. So so seeing so seeing him as as uh, Lord Eddard Stark, you know, took took a, a second to adjust for me when I first saw Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> and John Voight before he went full maggot. Yeah,
1: yeah. So,
0: <laughs> all right, so that's a good choice so guess my fourth movie will be glory Good choice. and it's i mean well it, that's another one of those kind of black history month films it will always have a place it will always be shown in in someone's you know
1: history yeah
0: oh yeah middle school history class whatever during black history month all sort of nonsense but it would i mean even when it came out and i'm in high school at this point freshman uh year yeah, no, 1989. Oh, no, oh, actually, I'm, in, I'm, in, uh, I'm about to go to... to I'm, a, I'm in eighth grade at this point. And I saw the theater... Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. 80, what, what's 89? Was it was it released in... Uh, if It was released in 90. Then I, yeah, I must have been, like, freshman in high school. Uh, I think we did get assigned to it uh, for history class after... And I was already going to see it anyways, but I think it was assigned for history class. Hmm. Because, I mean, it's, it's very historical... Um, and it's patriotic in as much as a civil war can be. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. this, this is, you know, the the, grand, the, the the great conflict of our nation, but I mean, you know, the whole thing uh, does, I mean, it's more about it, it's it's a little bit, it's somewhat about about race relations. It's largely about kind of like the fellowship and brotherhood of men, even, you know, all, disparate men, whether it be white, you know, Irish, in black or you know the different factions within within black people because even back then even even in 1989 and 1990 it was just like you know a wild idea that all black people were in a monolith you know so you know so i love seeing you know the kind of kind of uh bougie learned uh 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 he plays um uh, captain holt now
1: yeah, uh, um, Brauner, right? And Andre Brauner,
0: yeah. Andre Braher, yes. Seeing see Andre Braher being, you know, kind of, because Andre Braher might as well have been me in that movie. <laughs> I'm like, that's what I probably would have looked like or felt like had I been thrust into a military duty or something, uh, Or although he volunteered. I mean, you know, seeing Denzel just break out was thrilling absolutely thrilling, and I was always a bit of a, a drama kid at that point, and so he was already like my favorite actor, and, I, and everyone thought he was kind of robbed for not winning uh, uh, best, uh, best Supporting in um, Cry Freedom, which came out the year before. It's not a great movie, you don't need to see it, but he has, <laughs> he played Stephen Biko, the activist, uh, apartheid activist, uh, down, uh, down there in South Africa, and his accent, his, um, I mean his accent was just impeccable. And, and he was and he was in he was only in the movie for, like, maybe, like, the first 45 minutes. I and mean, then the movie derails. Cause it, fo- it focuses too much on Kevin Kline's, you know, white savior type character. Yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, that's what I'm saying. You can skip the movie. But, like, if you find clips of him doing Biko, it's thrilling. So, yeah. So, seeing how he got robbed from that and seeing him just kind of level up in glory. Like, I mean, he had really announced, like, this is, like, you know, I'm a generational type actor. Like when he like when he you know, takes off his shirt to get his his little lashes, you know, I mean, go ahead and then you can see him like just fighting back the tears the entire time. I don't know what's oh, I well, I I do know what it's like to be beaten with a, be a belt cuz I am of that era where definitely <laughs> kids. And black, and black family, I mean, we love the draft mom, but she would you know, she, she a <laughs> belt now. But I don't know it's like to be whipped on the back with like a lash. Mm. Man, you can just feel in the theater, and every time I watch that scene, that that one little—I call it the Denzel tear—just fighting its fight, <laughs> help, trickling down like, like a like a revolutionary tear. Like I, I'm gonna take this like a man, and his body was betraying him. Oh my god, that scene is just incredible, just incredible. I love this movie. Uh What are your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, I pretty pretty much all the same. This was one to watch in history class, and I'm, <laughs> and it's. I mean, just Denzel. Just like he just he just knows when when to go for it, and when, like you said, he it never it it never even feels like he's acting. It just feels like he's just out there doing his own thing, and he's just that naturally good at it.
0: Absolutely, ah, uh, yeah. It's, I mean, and, and of course, you see. I mean, it's definitely Edzwick. You know, a very interesting fellow. He uh is definitely fra- I mean, he was definitely lens like a super patriotic movie from the salutes. There we go. To to like the icon- iconography with like the flags and the uniforms and, and like how you know, like what a uniform meant to a, to a former slave. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a very patriotic movie. And you know, I mean, yes, it's based on real life, and so you know, and 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 actually falling, you know, true to history, they're basically cannon fodder for you know to uh, to uh, a successful breach on uh, in South Carolina, I believe. I mean, it was just, it's a piece of history that at the time I hadn't, I didn't really know anything about. I didn't know there was all black regiment, you know, in the Civil War, uh, and now you know, this like I said, it's a, it's a staple of of history classes moving forward. Yeah, <laughs> I love the fifty-four. I love people. So, Lori, that's mine. So, what's your last film?
1: <sighs> All right, I got a few more here. Which one do I want to pick? I'm gonna go with. I'll just do it. The Patriot.
0: <laughs> well played. It was on my list. I I just picked a backup in case so. So well played. I, I I see you. I see you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I mean, I I like this movie. I I of everybody that I know in my life, I might like it the least, which is just th- everyone else I know absolutely loves this movie. Um, but I mean, I still like it. Mel Gibson's just, I, I mean, a badass in this movie. There's no real other way to say it. Um, I, I he's uh the patriot they're they're fighting for their freedom you've got uh Lucius the Malfoy war, war. Yeah. yeah Lucius Malfoy being the dick on the other side um <laughs> there
0: he is Jason I, Isaacs man he's another he's another one kind of Tom Tom Cruise like he doesn't really age like he looks you know he's, he's yeah
1: like he's, this was what this is 2000 2001 2000 yeah absolutely. and the the I mean, by the time the last Harry Potter movie came out, he looks exactly the same, if not even younger in those movies, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the story of the American Revolution, or well, I mean, not the story of the American, but uh, about the American Revolution and standing up against England and everything. We got a young Heath Ledger in it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I gotta pull this up, but this because I mean, you look back
0: at this cast now, and you're like, "Oh my goodness!" Oh yeah, yeah that's a good point. This cast was <clears throat> quietly stacked with people like people who had like careers, like right, like, like Ledger, Jolie, Richardson, brilliant runner Nip Tuck, oh, so good at Nip Tuck, Chris Cooper, Chucky Cairo, Renee <laughs> Albershaw. Man, yeah, they- we don't know much what happened to her, but Tom Wilkinson, Donal- Damn, you were lying.
1: Yeah, no this this cast is loaded, and and even at the time, like most of the you knew who most of these people were at the time too, and then you just look and see what they went on to do afterwards. It's I, it, Logan Lerman.
0: I for, oh my god, wow, I forgot about him. That's oh, is, is is this the Deschanel that didn't pan out <laughs> between Zoe and and um and uh uh what's the what's the one on Bones
1: Emily. Uh- Emily, yeah, Emily. Oh, Just she's got like, thirty credits.
0: I guess she's, I guess she's the low key Deschanel. <laughs> is she?
1: Is she a, the mom? She might be a mo- The mom. Oh, she's the mom.
0: Oh, oh, wow. Okay. So, okay, so she's the she's Deschanel one point Okay.
1: <laughs> the original.
0: Well, yeah. Exactly. Wow. 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 We. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this- <laughs> No, great, great pick. Yeah, I, it was on my list, but I'd have, I mean, it's not supposed to be like I had a feeling it was going to go, but I, I definitely wanted to put this one on and we'll actually circle back to this a little bit later uh, in this podcast, but The American President my final film.
1: I, yeah, I was going to take that one too and I saw on the rundown we'd be talking about it later, so I was going to, if you were going to take it, we were going to talk about it, otherwise I was going to wait until later.
0: Yeah, and, I'll, and I'll, um, I'll save some of my thoughts for a little bit later too, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's pretty much almost in the title. It's got to be patriotic, right? It's Sorkin. Yeah. Sorkin at his finest. And it's just, I mean, Sorkin is Sorkiniest, And it's pre-West Wing. And I, I had the draft mom watch it the other, the other day. And and it's just, I was like, look, I mean, because I've, I've been bringing her through the West Wing. Right? Like we're in the middle of uh, season two, and she's enjoying the hell out of it. And, of course, it looks like, I mean, it's, it's like a totally different time. Not not from the technology perspective, but just the attitude. Yeah. Like optimistic. And, and, and it sort of has become, like, a bad word almost among some of my uh, politically-minded friends because it's just, like, it seems so alien to our to our political existence now. But the writing's so good and optimistic. And back then, like, when uh, uh, a, a scandal for, like, the, the early aughts was – was was someone going to drug rehab and not reporting it you know it's like really yeah. right. <laughs> we gotta, like compete someone over that but yeah so well, the american president is just really well done it's, it's just a well-made film top to bottom true professionals at every turn from rob reiner who was really in his bag in the 90s he was really in his bag uh with like um i think he did one of the uh Benny I think he, I think he directed like Sleepless in Seattle in 93 yep. and this is 95 too so he's really in his, in his in his bag in the 90s uh Michael Douglas just I mean charming you believe him as president you believe him as like I mean you believe he could he could you know nuke someone if he needs to but also he's like great father and you know he's he still gets you know the kind of middle-aged nervousness of asking a woman out for a date like awesome oh, was really great and that Benny I mean never looked better man yeah <laughs> So good, and I think they did a rewatchables on it recently, didn't they? That's like by... yeah, they
1: did. Yeah, they did it last. They had that one last week because this, this might be this might be Tuck Nasty's favorite movie. He teaches uh, so in the sum he does summer school and he does history in the summer school. So he makes out all his classes watch this movie, and uh, he this he said if he was on tonight, this would have been his first pick.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, great stuff. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great movie. Everyone, this is another one where the cast is is pretty stacked. Like, I mean, not so not as over the top, like in your face with it, like Patriot. But all these, most of the supporting characters had substantial careers. substantial The only one was Shauna Waldron, the kid. Like she has only been like like ten things or something. But after the, everyone else, is, these are like you know, career veteran, you know, supporting actors and stuff. Like, you see him, you know, all over the place. So, Joshua Molina, and then some of them become, you know, part of, like, the Sorkin players. Josh Molina is, like, a good luck charm for Sorkin now. He's in yeah. a lot of his films some some way, somehow, so, or, or projects, especially TV. So, yeah, you know, John, uh, was uh, the guy who played, was John Mahoney, Fraser. I mean, all these guys had really good careers, so it's, it's a fun film. I highly recommend it. And with that, we're going to take a small pause for the cause and go ahead and talk about the cinema draft game, draft stream, how it's played, how you can get involved. And so for those of you who are watching, we'll be back quicker than you, than you know it. For those of you who are listening at home, we'll be back right after this. All right, here we go. Movie theaters are on hiatus, but we here at Cinema Draft are not. Draft Stream is the streaming content version of the Cinema Draft game you know and love. Just like with Cinema Draft, you have a $100,000 salary cap for a 10 actor call sheet. No more, no less. But in this one, you have to have at least one of three types of actors for your 10 actor call sheet headliner co-star, and day player. Scoring is based on a weighted average of Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic scores, plus audience and user scores. Headliners get a 40% bonus, while co-stars receive a 20% bonus over day player points. There's a weekly minimum $50 prize pool shared by the top two non-cinema draft employee call sheets. Or you can go low. Cinema Draft offers a minimum $10 lowball bonus to the lowest-scoring call sheet of the week. To qualify, your call sheet must spend at least $75,000 of your budget, use at least one actor from three separate titles in the talent pool, and, of course, roster at least one headliner, co-star, and day player to your 10-actor call sheet. The game runs from Thursday evening to Monday afternoon with daily updates on Saturday and Sunday before final scoring after Monday, 12 p.m. Pacific time. Currently, we are alpha testing DraftStream in a rudimentary spreadsheet-based format while we work on adapting it for digital play. Tweaks happen almost weekly due to player feedback. We really need the data, so please help us out and play the game. A link to the most current talent pool is included in the podcast description. Please review the rules tab and submit your call sheet by Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Thanks again for your help and good luck. Well, we're back. All right. So last week's quarantine movie of the week. And I swear to you, this was not like an homage or anything. I, I I I spend about maybe an entire night setting up the quarantine movies of the week for a few months in advance, and it was just his not his time was up. It was the Hunt for Red October, and let me share my screen with you guys. It was uh, it. It just so happened that Sean Connery ended up. passing away of uh, like the, the week before the week, the week that this came out, but yeah, the hundred October, it was just a classic. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm kind of scattershot my quarantine movies of the week. There's no rhyme or reason to it. There really isn't. <laughs> but for some reason, it's kind of stuck in my mind that I haven't seen this in a while. And I'd like to see it again, actually. And honestly, in, in honor of him, I think I will. I'm not, I'm not sure the draft mom has seen this. This is actually a really good thriller. Uh, young Alec Baldwin. I mean, this is the type of movie that where you saw Alec Baldwin, you're like, this guy is going to be in everything. This guy is just, I mean, he had the look. He's, you know, very you know, smart-alecky, very charming, you know, got the jawline, got everything. And it's just it was a great vehicle for him. And then Sean Connery, and, and this is probably the movie that really announced that, all right, I'm sliding to a different stage of my career here. Uh, I'm going to be like kind of the the, the, the the older commanding presence that's really going to deliver in your movie. And he really does. I, I really enjoyed the hell out of the hunt for October. You have to have seen this movie, haven't you?
1: So I haven't seen the original. I did see the remake. So I I do need I need I know I do need to watch this. Wait a so second um, there's a remake. Hold yeah, on. they made they made a remake uh, probably about six or seven years ago. It, and with, and without not having seen the original, I enjoyed the remake. I I know the people that have seen both of them. They don't care for the remake as much because this uh, is a it was a remake. It, was it called? Yeah, October? It was, Different. or no 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 i'm thinking of the wrong movie never mind never i, I was I, thinking i
0: think i, think I, I, think yeah. I know which one of your yeah, i was
1: thinking of red dawn I got the reds mixed up
0: oh or, uh, are, okay okay no no, yeah. hunt for October, no, no. this is a submarine flick this is also yeah. uh, so, a, a genre which i i mean i am I, I was shocked to find that netflix knows me better than i know myself but i am susceptible to submarine flicks i loved them. <laughs> and if you want like a modern day hunt for an octoberish type movie I highly uh, advise you watching this French movie called The Wolf's Call. It is, Hmm. I mean, it's because the thing about the big thing about Huntford October, and you see it in Crimson Dawn too. Crimson Dawn, I think, is more like the more uh, a more up-to-date version of a submarine flick that's got Huntford October-ish type themes. But The Wolf's Call is wild because it is so, I mean, it is so tense because it it really focuses on like like the hero in The Wolf's Call is like a sonar cat. Right, and he's his job is to listen out for shit, and of course, what he listens in, what he hears, can be like a missile, you know, through the water, or you know, and and then you hear people like, and it's in French, mind you, so subtitle, but just the energy and just like of you know when something when you know something's in the water and and all the all the sub talk. I am here for sub talk, <laughs> naval talk with with Greyhound, the movie with uh, with Tom Hanks. It, it was it was all right, it was cool, but all that like ninety percent of that movie. Of Greyhound was just naval talk, so you know, right full rudder you know, you know, you know, guns, 120 degree, you know, all that shit. I'm here for. So yes, yeah, so the wolf's call is great. Um, yes, sometimes can be annoying, but it's really tense. I like that type of shit. Um, get get me in a contained space. You know, with yeah, the wolf's call. It's on Netflix. Check that shit. But yeah, but Red o- Hunt for Red October. Um, it, are you familiar at all with, with what that's about?
1: I yeah I know I know the basics now that I'm actually thinking of the right movie but yeah uh, no I have not seen this one and I know it's one that that I should see
0: yeah put that on your list for real that uh, I saw in the theater it's high school it's great Um, just oh you know what man all right yeah we're gonna take a quick cultural uh, cul de sac (laughs) because uh, one of my she's she's a friend now but I had the hugest crush hugest crush on on uh, michael shapiro ninth grade oh she's ah oh, man huge crush and i remember we went to go see this movie together and i just i mean and it wasn't even like one of these ones where i'm like i'm waiting to make my move i was too scared to have movies <laughs> <laughs> i remember this was like one of the one of the first movies i remember seeing with a girl and it wasn't even like a date date either because i couldn't i i mean it was one of those you know oh, let's go as friends things and ah uh, yeah michael shapiro shout out to her I'm going I'm to tag you on this, girl. <laughs> this, this, this was our movie. Hunt for October, ninth grade, Lakeside High School, Seattle, Washington. Thank uh, you. Anyways, uh, yeah, so, so that was the movie from last week. By the time you all hear this podcast, the movie for this week is one we just covered, and it's The American President. And And, and actually, I don't think I gave... A decent synopsis of it. I just kind of extolled its virtues, but basically, Michael Douglas plays a widower president uh, who's in, I think, the third year of his presidency. He has a 63% approval rating at the start of the film, <laughs> and he's trying to get. And he's he falls for an environmental lobbyist by, played by Net Fanning, Sidney Ellen Wade, very <laughs> uh, very bougie name, like right there. And during a tough <laughs> election uh, year, where it eventually kind of puts a relationship to the test. And it's really good. It, it's, it's really good. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I mean, when Michael J. Fox is kind of like third build in the in the you know in the afterglow of his Back to the Future fame. I mean, you know, at and, and that time he's on Spin City. He's a huge star in '95. So Well, I
1: see he's he's probably fourth build, wasn't he? Because Martin Sheen was in it too. True. Yeah. Well, he
0: got one of those. um, I call him ampersands. I don't know like what the real official oh. of the industry, but where he gets like the so you know, where, the, where you do like the. You know, the, the whole cast in the Indians and so and so. There there's a name for it. I'll have to look that up. There's a name for where you get the and it's like almost like a guest star as a lead yeah. your know, type thing. He got like what I call the ampersand thing. Where I think in the in the marketing materials said Michael J. Fox as Lewis, uh, whatever his name was. I'm like, Oh, that's different. Okay. So so he got the ampersand in that movie. It's you know, like we mentioned, well cast, well written, very optimistic, very jingoistic, very patriotic. And it was, it was a nice thing to watch going into the election. It really was. Like, like we're, when we were, we were waiting for those returns to, to come uh, last week. Nope, threw on the American president. Why not? It was fun. Where, where we... things,
1: were, things were a little more peaceful.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So time for our draft stream update. Now, this past week, Look who's up in first. It's the <laughs> boy, Swag official in the building, leading the charge. Uh bested Gamble24 X7 G24, the homie in second for first place money. Henner YYZ, I believe he was got second place the week before. and I think he won, you know, one of those times earlier. He got second place money for $30. And J Bird. Sliding into third, a little bit off his game. This is fun to see. <laughs> uh, a little bit off. And then G- then G24, the homie, just a point and a half off the perfect lowball call sheet. That had to have hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know he was getting, for. he actually had the perfect call sheet through Saturday's update, which was very, which is pretty exciting. And then he, and then he, he, uh, he DM me on Twitter. he said, he, he spelled out what he needed to have happen. I don't think he saw Moonbase 8 being as bad as it is. It's not good. I saw the first episode. I might watch the second episode given give it another shot, but it's not great. It's not what you want. Um, Moonbase 8 underperformed, and so that kind of slid in for the the, the requisite third required title actor, Janet Hoskins, there. Uh, I mean, you didn't play last week. Any thoughts on this past week? Anything you you'd see? Anything you want to comment?
1: Oh, so that Moonbase 8 shows... I remember seeing John C. Riley and thought... Maybe I'll check it out. So you're saying that it wasn't very good?
0: Uh, I mean, you know, granted, I had it on the third monitor, so maybe I just need to give it like my full attention. Uh, but I didn't. I thought it was like kind of chuckle funny, if at mm. all funny. Travis Kelsey's in there. It's like playing himself. Okay. Uh, okay.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, I'm look. I'm looking through the list right now. The only, I mean. The only thing on here that uh, I've really watched is uh I I I watched like the first 6 seasons of Mom. Oh, wow. I I haven't I haven't I didn't watch the last season. I, I mean, Allison Janney is she's just Allison Janney, so she's good in it. And then Anna Faris is pretty is pretty I mean it it's it's not a show that you need to watch, but it's
0: it's it's good enough. Fair and speaking of um, good enough for also from the Chuck Lurie, uh billionaire uh, playroom is be positive and I mean mostly because I've got fun like I never got into Mom like I think I watched the first few episodes of this first season and it's kind of tapped out but uh, but I watched uh, but I, you know I was all in on Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. all in on Young Sheldon uh, I there's some other stuff he's done before which I really liked I think Chuck Lorre's right on Spin City too so he's 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 accomplished like he's earned his his billion dollar net worth or whatever but i mean be positive got off to a rocky start but i am gonna give it a shot because i love annalee ashford i hope this this you know hits for her thomas middleditch you know take it relieve leave him he's great in silicon valley he's weird and some other stuff
1: he, it's it's weird seeing him when he's not neurotic richard for right. silicon valley
0: and that is an act like in real life she's like this you know, your yeah. you know, ethno- eth- ethically non-monogamous, believe is the term, uh, type guy who you know, I you know, you know, with his wife and everything. He's like he's kind of out there, so that definitely was like a character. And in this, he in this, he just kind of plays neutral. He's a very very neutral character. She is kind of like the wild card, which is kind of interesting because she she's always been like spunky. Like I, I remember I was exposed to, her, to Emily Ashford in um, in uh, Masters of Sex. That uh, that show Martin Sheen and Lizzie Kaplan. I thought she was just hmm. excellent in that, and that's what kind of got me on her train. And so I, I'm watching it for her. But it needs to show me some of these next two episodes, otherwise I'm out.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: Yeah. I, I I know I'd seen
1: the the preview for this many times because working at the sports book and having CBS up on Sundays for football. Ah,
0: it, yeah. Every
1: every other com- it seemed like every other commercial break they were hammering this through. I. Although I forgot yeah, what it was 40, called. So I, yeah, oh,
0: yeah, four point seven from from notoriously soft IMDB users. So that's that's off to a rocky start. Uh, so that was last week's talent pool this week's talent pool. 25 new ones for you, everything from a teacher. All the way down to Valley of Tears, and you've already seen a teacher. What are your thoughts?
1: So yeah, I was telling you before we got on. I I watched the first episode. I clicked on Hulu this morning and I saw it and read the premise of it, and I'm like, oh, all right, well, because it's uh, what's what's his name, Nick Will Nick, Nick Robinson? Robinson, yeah. Um, I I liked him from Love Simon and a couple other things that he's been in, and Kate Mara, I I enjoy her, so I watched it and. It's just I, I enjoyed it, but it's it's uncomfortable just sitting there knowing with the he's because the whole, the premise of the show is she's she's a new teacher to a new she teaches AP English and he's like the star soccer player and he he needs to get his uh, his SAT scores up to like I think twelve fifty to qualify for this scholarship because he wants to be pre med and uh, but he struggles in English so. Well don't uh, tell me
0: everything. I'm about to watch this tonight.
1: <laughs> but uh, no, yeah,
0: it's, they it's 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 really awkward watching it. Then like Is, this picture make you feel uncomfortable? And though at home, it's uh, Nick Robinson all up in Kate Mara's face. <laughs> it's I mean but I mean if I if I
1: had a teacher like Kate Mara and she came on to me, I that would have been like I would have just been buddy in her hands in high school whether it was inappropriate or not um, <laughs> but yeah it's i mean i i enjoyed the first episode uh i i know it asked me if I wanted to watch episode two so I'm guessing they put them all up or at least the first couple ones so i'm and it's a it's a, it's only it for it's a drama and it's they're they're 25 minute episodes so
0: oh it, a half hour drama even better I like so
1: that. so i'll pro after after we get off. Here I'll probably go and watch the second episode, and I mean I'm sure I'll still make me uneasy. But I, I I enjoyed the first episode. I'm guessing I I, don't know, I was gonna say I did probably score well, but that you all those people that are just gonna see what the premise is about and probably oh. although it's well, it's off to seven point two right now.
0: After this is. Small sample size, but off to a good start.
1: Yeah, this this feels like one of those where people actually, when they figure out what it's about, they'll just give it a low rating because, like, I never did watch that Cutie show, and I, I didn't have any interest. But mm-hmm. I mean, people immediately tanked that because of Total what it was clutching. about.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, it seemed vaguely like I watched a trailer for cuties, and it seemed interesting. Like, if I had less things I was really into watching, I probably would have watched it. But yeah. It, it fell through the cracks. I'm I'm definitely watching this. I don't know if I'm just an old pervert or something, but I think these type of hot teacher situations are just very interesting uh, when it's when it's the female power dynamic at play. Uh, and I think it stems from growing up here in the Seattle area. The Mary Kay Letourneau stuff, like that was I think maybe five years or so after I got out of high school, maybe. But the fascination around Mary Kay Letourneau up here in the Seattle area was just like was 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 intense and like and, how, and seeing how they actually, you know, he like, you know, she went to jail and they still, you know, had a baby together and got married. And I think they just recently, like like a year or two ago, end up finally getting divorced or or did someone die. It, it was something like it finally ended for some reason. And but uh, that to me that was always just fascinating. And also I had a huge crush in summer camp on a girl named April Turner. So I always wondered if you were <laughs> somehow.
1: I, we my my senior year of high school we had a we had an incident like that take place at my high school so
0: oh shut up that's the yeah.
1: so, so it was uh, jail no no he was I mean the student was of age so she lost her job but the there was no no jail or anything it was well and it was uh she I had I had her as a teacher too so it's like oh shit.
0: What? Was she? Was she like a hot teacher, or was just she was lonely or something?
1: Uh, I, I, she wasn't unattractive. Okay. Um But I mean, I, I, I'm. I mean, I, I, I knew the kid who happened to. I never talked to him about it. I didn't know him that well. But uh, I, I'm guessing it was probably more of a, a lonely
0: situation than uh. That yeah, like might some, uh, some yeah. Little, uh, hot man-eating teacher or something yeah which which is what they tend to be in these type of films whatever uh another thing another obviously the crown i mean you know as i put in the group as i put in the cinema draft group text of which it's open to the public feel free to join us where we talk about movies and cinema draft and strategy and such i mean i am i am super ready for season four of the crown like saturday can't get here fast enough (laughs) Well, I mean, midnight, midnight Pacific time on Saturday. I am in it to win it. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I've watched the trailer for the Crown, from this season the season's Crown, literally eight times. <laughs> at least, I mean, Gillian Anderson's accent, his stature is spot on. I mean, oh, I give it to me. Are you, are you, are you a Crown watcher at all?
1: I, I've not watched it. I, I know. I've heard you talk about it, and I know a couple other people who watch it. And they love it. I just—it was one of those I never got around to watching, and then it kind of felt like I fell too far behind. It is it is it a do the, is it this this is, is it the same like general story throughout each season, or does it change up pretty drastically?
0: Well, I mean, it's it's literally like history. I mean, they they don't. I mean, the, the, what they do change up is apparently every two seasons they're going to do a whole recasting because they're following. Okay. Queen Elizabeth, from you know when she was like basically to get twenty, was she twenty five? Like a twenty five year old monarch, where, where you know her her father expectably dies, and then like her her uncle who should have taken the who should have been the king, he was like essentially excommunicated because he fell in love with like of like like a woman who was like not a royal birth. It was weird. Like like he fell hmm. in love with the wrong woman, and so he basically gave up his and he claims the crown. So that when her father died. She was up and he died fairly young. So she was not ready for all this shit. So she's she's twenty-five and you know, she's like a young young wife, uh, and mother, and also she's queen. And then two two seasons after two seasons of Claire Foy as the queen was which and she was great. Like Claire Foy, I think, won an Oscar. I mean, sorry, an Emmy for that type of stuff. And so and so two seasons of that, and then there's literally just like almost seamless transition from from like Claire Foy's. Queen to Olivia Coleman, and the and the way they do it is f- fairly slick too. In the in season three, they just show like 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 a, I think like a, a a passing mirror or whatever, and you see it go hmm. from boy to Olivia Coleman, and it's like why not, <laughs> you know why not? Yeah, because you, you love Olivia Coleman, and Olivia Coleman is awesome in this. I mean, I think she also got nominated for Emmy, and you know, and it's just it's great. So then all of a sudden, you know, uh, Prince Philip is is Tobias Menzies, who na- and now I get the whole thing about Tobias Menzies. I I did the whole Outlander watch. Outlander's fan fan fucking plastic. And so I get it about Tobias Menzies now. I get it. And and his his king or his uh his King Philip, whatever, he's a dick. I mean he's just a jerk, right? But I mean he plays it, you know, in a very kind of you know kind of affable manner. So it's he's kind of like the cool jerk. And then this Josh O'Connor man I want the world for this kid. He is so good at making a young Prince Charles. So, again, now everyone, like, Prince Charles is just a, is just a dick. I mean, and not just because, oh, he cheated on, on Diana. No, and because that stuff is far more complicated than you would imagine. And the crown lays it out fully, right? Like, he, you know, he basically fell in love with the Camilla Parker Bulls, but she wasn't, you know, up to standards and shit. And it's just, you know, more royal bullshit. And so he couldn't have the woman he really was in love with. But, I mean, he is so. Charming and like and disarming as 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 a young Prince Charles that you, I mean you really feel for the kid like right? he has this one episode where he's where he's sent off as as like royal duty to uh, Wales because he's the Prince of Wales right mm-hmm. but in, in I guess in Britain people you know people in the royal family generally didn't fuck with Wales it's like in the corner they speak <laughs> funny, you know they speak Welsh and stuff you know and they they didn't they didn't mess with Wales at all so to as a matter of goodwill. He's like fuck it i'm gonna do like basically like a summer abroad or like a semester away in wales he's gonna learn well she has to give like this very important speech and stuff and you see how kind of alienated he is you know being this this englishman over in wales but you see how gently he kind of uh eases himself into the culture and how the culture gently accepts him and he is he is so so talented i don't know if you saw emma in at the theaters when we still had those things but he was great in emma is like kind of weird kind of quirky priest whatever but he is so good as prince charles if you just watch one season of The crown watch season three because he is so good in it so so good oh yeah anyway i, I didn't mean to turn this into a into a, into a, <laughs> a crime podcast but yeah so the crown's coming I'm, I'm all here for that i'll be watching this at midnight on saturday what i'll be watching at 9 p.m on saturday most likely is the, oh, and also watch industry, y'all. Industry was wild. That's on HBO. That shit bangs like young, literally and figuratively bangs. Lena Dunham directed it. Yeah, it's very horny. Uh, young traders and and, and uh, stockbrokers. Uh, I guess it's supposed to take place um, in the aftermath of the 2008 collapse. I mean, they don't. They're not really clear on when it takes place. At least I didn't notice but um very you know hot young fairly unknown cast willing to get naked willing to you know slam drugs and clubs and 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 have bathroom stall sex it's very really, very really sexed up. i liked it uh, but no but i like any kind of any kind of genre I, I like financial genre type stuff where they throw you into the world all sorts of jargon so lets you kind of figure it out and i like and the, and the woman who's ostensibly the lead Miala harold i'm totally butchered her name whatever she's very charismatic very curious, hmm. and so I'm, I want to see more of her. Well, we see a lot of her in the first episode. <laughs> I, I want to see more of where her career takes her because she seems to be fairly unknown. And this is like her first kind of like really lead main role in something. So industry industry was hot, and then but uh, the one that's coming, um, Grey's Anatomy. I'm always there. I think that's going to perform well for the for your call sheet. But also, where was it? Uh, oh, the Regans. Yeah. This, I mean, you know, me and my whole political history type thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the Reagans, I mean, even from the the one sheet, I, I mentioned this in the 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 pod, uh, in the the talent the new talent pool pod on on Monday. This, even the way they did this this one sheet tells you everything. Watch that trailer, uh, Ring Balls. Watch that trailer. It's two and a half minutes. And if you and I mean, I'm not going to you know, fault you don't want to watch it or anything but I mean, if you want to watch the series, but that trailer is compelling as hell. They set up and I mean, obviously, I'm just a kid when the Reagans were out. And we talked about the Reagans a little bit earlier in this podcast, but I I mean, I, I was never a real fan for a bunch of reasons. But the way they set up, set up this this mini-series in the trailer, Nancy was the hidden power behind behind uh, Ronald. They were people were terrified of Nancy because she had like a mouth on her. And then he was a bit of a Manchurian candidate. He was just an actor. He was like hmm. an empty vessel. He was like Donald Trump with actual real charisma who wasn't a fucking lunatic. He, <laughs> you know, he, I mean, he was the vessel of right-wing ideas because I mean, little, I mean, people forget back in like the 60s, 70s, he cut an ad, he cut like, a, like a, a, an industrial as they call it, like, like a, a, a PSA for the Screen Actors Guild, for unions. It's the same motherfucker who once again in nineteen eighty one crushes the unions. The air the air there's there gonna be like an uh, there's gonna be like an air controller strike, and he's like, Oh, really? Y'all fired, you're out. Right into jabs and he and that started America on a precipitous decline in union power for the last forty years. So the fact so he really was just an actor playing a part. Nancy, Nancy was kind of like the brains, the mouth operation, but also knew back in nineteen in nineteen eighty in eighty to eighty eight. I'm just gonna, you know, sit in the back, be Miss Just Say No, and I'm gonna let him get all the glory and stuff. But I'm be in his ear like some Lady Macbeth shit, running everything. Watch that trailer ring, balls, and then I want (laughs) you to me up in the group chat what you thought of that, straight up. (laughs)
1: All right, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that after we're
0: done. And I just thought it was always fascinating, to how the right-wing has adopted Reagan as some sort of patron saint because because he was, like, a nice, cuddly conservative when he really wasn't. He was pretty – I mean, they're all – I mean, and not to turn into a political podcast or anything, but, I mean, he was pretty dirty. The whole Iran-Contra thing is totally illegal. More people should have gone to jail or whatever. But, I mean, they. But people loved his whole fiscal conservatism ideas when, really, he was just quietly spending up as much as most Republican parents do. And it wasn't until Clinton came in and, in 92 – we fu- 93, yeah, right, that we finally got a balanced budget for, like, first time in, like, ages. Anyways, I'm very into this. I'm watching it. So, And as Showtime tends to do, they tend to drop their Sunday night premiere shows at uh, midnight Eastern. So that's 9 p.m. Pacific for me. So I'll be watching some I'll be watching some of uh, the Reagans and then getting and staying up for at least one or two episodes of The Crown,
1: i think I think Showtime is one of the ones that if you have the app, they download, it, it drops day, like, the day or day or two before, or I know one one of the sites.
0: Yeah, yeah, usually... that's we're talking about. That, yeah, I I see. It, uh, I get mine through YouTube TV, so they consider mm. it the app, so it's always loaded up like at you know nine p.m. Pacific, like the Good Lord Bird, which is so fantastic. It's like you know uh, historical comedy, pretty much. That's always mm. up ready for me when I was watching p Valley nine p.m. You'd see me with the Twitter fingers. <laughs> oh, p Valley, it's going down. You know? So yeah. Yeah, that, that's really good stuff. So, so keep those in mind as you're making your call sheet. As far as actual salaries, I mean, I'm, you know, I I think you're, you're going to have to pay up for the crown this week. You're going to have to. My models have this coming out somewhere like 118, maybe 120. So you're going to have to pay for points, not for value here with the crown. I'm thinking if you need some salary relief, I think the Reagans could be it. Although we know Showtime documentaries are very – Hit or miss, more miss than hit. Um, I don't know. Any anything in this talent pool strikes you as good value or a must-have on your call sheet? Ring balls. Uh,
1: I mean, from what I from what I've seen for the first ever or for the first episode of a teacher, I'm guessing it's probably going to score decently well with what it has out of the out of the break or out of the out from the start. I think it was at a seven point two on IMDb so far. That's I mean. Score. if – as long as as long as no one comes along and intentionally takes it with the the, per, the pearl clutching, I'm. It's probably <laughs> going to come in probably around a hundred points. So, okay. So, or,
0: uh, I don't know what to make of these of the one Chicago as they call them the the the, the Dick Wolf Chicago. Five.
1: Yeah, I don't know what to make of those, but I I mean it's got it's got a loyal fan base so. I mean, at this and a, and a predictable one. I mean, notice the range of salaries, all within like two thousand right. of
0: each other.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. I've, I mean, I've seen, I've seen some episodes of. I think all of them. I, I've got. I mean, my family's full of paramedics and firefighters, so yeah, usually when
0: nervous. and
1: I in. <laughs> uh, usually, whenever one of those shows come out, we at least my mom will start watching it, and then. She uh, she she likes a lot of the network TV shows, so I know she I know she really likes the fire and med. Um, I haven't heard her say anything about PD, so I don't know if she watches that one. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm guessing they'll probably those probably do well enough. I, I know I know when I was looking at this, I saw they had was it. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. How many cities are they? How many cities are they up to now?
0: They're they I mean, like they're in like a dozen. And I mean, I remember seeing a trailer for that because I mean, I'm you know, there's no shame in my game. I watch Real Housewives of Potomac. I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. It was real. If it's something reality based and it's got black women in it, I'm I'm there, right? And so I'm inclined to skip Salt Lake City, but. They do have at least one system in there, so I might check it out just on GP. I mean, I'm you know I'm I'm a I'm a bit of into Bravo Liberty. Oh, so. I mean
1: all, all those. I, I'm I would love I love all the reality shows that I watch. I try to avoid them because I know I would love them and just get like I I mean it's like watching it's like when you drive past a car crash. Like I I should <laughs> look at it, but I, I'm gonna look at it and then. No, yeah, but it just, Salt Lake City just seems like a weird city where it's like, like, like it,
0: well, it, I've, I've only been see. there like a few times, but I mean, you know, it's it's I, I mean I it will be I'm now you know what? Thank you, Ring Balls. I think I will watch the first episode because I am intriguing. I'm intensely intrigued at how they're gonna ring any kind of like you know, drama or glitz out of Salt Lake City. I, I mean, Salt Lake City. If you're listening, you know, I'm not slandering. I've actually been to your city briefly it seemed very gray and very white and i was in and out but i just i mean the things that make the the, the best of these shows these real housewives shows work is 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 a mixture of of glam and glitz as far as like because these, these are all like well off women it's, it's to some degree or other whether it's through you know their own uh endeavors or or who they're married into or the family or whatever but i'm very intrigued but also the glitz part tends to come from the the surroundings atlanta works in atlanta is like you know the you know the, the black mecca of the south you know potomac works because they're close to dc they had a, a real housewives in dc but that only lasts one season because they were busting into the white house unannounced and shit so that got shut down <laughs> so you know so i mean you need to you need to use be near a power center of interest orange county works as close to la all the la money you know new Jersey works as close to tri-state area all that money so what are you gonna do in salt lake city I, I mean, know.
1: and it's Salt Lake City, so the joke has to be made. Are they all the housewives to the same person?
0: Oh, ho, ho, ho. ether. no. <laughs> wow. From <laughs> to the top rope. That was, that was, that was hard. And, and I think the guy who loved that show, Big Love, too I didn't even think about that. Well done, <laughs> Well done. <laughs> all right. Well, you all know what to do. Get your call sheets in by 9 p.m. Pacific time. No, sorry, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time, Thursdays. You have three max call sheets. Hopefully, since you're a guest, we will guilt you into getting your call sheet in this week, Ring Balls. What say you? <laughs>
1: uh, I'll be on my computer all day doing master's research, so I could probably put together at least a preliminary one.
0: Amen, amen to that. All right, so uh, once again, $100 prize pool, $50 to the top nonce in the draft-affiliated call sheet, $25 a second, and 50 50- and $10 a third with the $15 low ball bonus. All right. I'm going to bring us in for a landing. You have, as always, been a great guest, Nick. Ring balls. We look forward to your participation. This is the time where we ask you to go ahead and plug your ish, if there's ish to plug. So go ahead, Nick. Plug your ish.
1: Uh, not not much going on, Uh Tuck Nasty and I were supposed to work on the teen movie bracket, but between me going back to work and school starting back up, we haven't really sat down and got everything. But maybe maybe eventually with Thanksgiving break coming up, he might have some more time and we can hammer that out. Otherwise, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's RingBalls22. Uh, other than that, thanks for having me on again.
0: No, awesome. No, Great. And, and make sure you tag us, tag at Play Cinema Draft win you do your uh, your your bracket i mean we don't have like a ton of followers per se but i, I want to participate I'm, i want my vote to count
1: there you go
0: count every vote <laughs> count <laughs> every vote count every vote so i want my vote <laughs> to count all right no 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 teen bracket voter suppression here all right so right. everybody thanks for for watching if you've been at home thanks for listening if you're on the go we're gonna bring this in again next week with another great top five and another great Cinema Draft podcast guest. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for watching, everybody. And once again, the wear a mask. It's getting crazy out there again. Don't go see a movie or something. Actually, your movie theater is probably closing as we speak. Go quarantine with a movie or something. There you (laughs) go. Where can you find Cinema Draft? We are on Twitter at Play Cinema Draft, Facebook Cinema Draft, Instagram at Play Cinema Draft, Medium at Cinema Draft. That is our corporate blog. We're even on Pinterest, Cinema Draft. Also, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Music, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your favorite podcast from. And finally please visit us at cinemadraft.co and sign up for an invite to the relaunch. We will always have games where you can sign up, play for free, and win real money. Cinemadraft is a registered mark of Cinemadraft LLC. Both the Cinemadraft game and the CD3D decentralized app token are for entertainment purposes only.